So let's start with some follow-up and let's talk about our updates as per usual. Mike, how was the wedding update? We went to a wedding show. Oh, we never actually did that. We talked about doing it when we were about to get married, but never did it. How was it? I mean, I never would have done something like this, um, but it was organized by our wedding planners, right? Oh, okay. They did their own little wedding show. So we went along, like, as I think, as a courtesy to them, but also, you know, there were going to be some people that they work with, so, you know, it was was worth seeing. Um, And... I mean, it was useful for me because we found a uh, cake maker that okay, good. I fell in love with their cakes, and uh, I'll I'll put a a link in the show notes to the uh, a biscuit wedding cake, which is the wedding cake that I now want. Well, well, slow down, slow down. When you say biscuit, I you mean what I would call cookie, correct, or or cookie ish? I don't know. The, the, what. Well, the cookie classification is troubling for me. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Because you even have things that are cookies, and then everything else is a cookie as well. It's very confusing. Yeah, so I think cookie is more of a catch-all to us, whereas you guys delineate a little more than we do. But the, pro- the, the troubling thing from my perspective is that when I hear biscuit, I think of doughy bread or like you know, like a crumbly bread. You and Scones. Jason had this conversation way back when. Uh, yeah, it's not a scone, but yes, yeah, we can go with scone for now. And I think that's exactly what Jason said when you said the same thing. But uh, coincidentally, I had a biscuit for breakfast this morning, which is unusual for me. But um, anyway, so when you say biscuit, Americans, for the purpose of this conversation, until you pull over or stop walking or whatever and have a chance to look at the picture, which we'll put in the show notes, um, it, just think cookie cake, even though that's not 100% I accurate. That. I hate it. I hate that. Because cookies it's, are it's, a type of cookie. It's mind-blowing. Right, the chocolate chip cookies. Right, like it mm-hmm. could be, a, it could in theory be anything, but it's not, is it? It's a specific thing, right? Like, if any type of cookie or biscuit has chocolate chips in it, it doesn't become a chocolate chip cookie. It's something else. Like a cho- a cookie is a specific type of cookie. It's mind mind boggling. Like I don't. This is one of the ones that I really just cannot fathom. You get you get the, the the route that I'm going down, right? Like if I say chocolate chip cookie to you, you you think of one specific thing. Sure, but if you just say I would like a cookie, that could mean thousands of different varieties of. Well, things. Sh- yeah, I, I mean, know, but it's like if I said I want a biscuit, but we don't have something that we just call biscuit, right? There isn't like the canonical biscuit biscuit, <laughs> right? But like if I if yeah. I took I don't know some other kind of cookie and put chocolate chips in it, it doesn't make it a chocolate chip cookie. Right, it makes it a cookie called something with chocolate chips in it. But then, anyway, this is pointless. So, if you look at if you look at the Wikipedia page for biscuit, coincidentally, mm-hmm. they have both uh, both examples sitting on a plate next to each other. So they have what I think of as well, a biscuit, clever. which is on the left, mm-hmm. and it is clever. And so, what I think of on the biscuit of a biscuit is the left, which is a very crumbly bread like almost sandwichy once you you know fill it of course sandwichy sort of thing and you have to understand these are made with like 84 pounds of butter so they're super flaky and maybe not flaky isn't the best word but they crumble in your hands and they're delicious and truly and utterly terrible for you and then what you think of as a biscuit which i'm not going to attempt to describe because i'll do it a disservice is on the right hand side of the same plate it's like two chocolate biscuits with a chocolate cream inside it's called a bourbon bourbon biscuit and on my on this cake here bourbon biscuits are featured they're the middle tier you see and 
I do. I am not at all trying to poke at the bear. I'm really honestly not. But to me, know, these look know. like cookies. Like that to me is a cookie. Well, yes, because it's the same thing, right? But you, it's mm-hmm. just a different word that we give them. So of course it looks yeah, like yeah, a yeah, cookie yeah. because when you say cookie, you mean biscuit. Well, I mean any number of things, including but not limited to biscuit. But yes. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> right, we we got to move on. We got to move on. So this this cake is a very different take on a wedding cake. Yeah. Like, so there are three, I think there are three cakes here. And each cake layer replicates the biscuit that's on the outside. Right? So, like... Oh, interesting. Okay. You have, you know, if we were going to do this, we'd probably have, like, custard creams, because custard creams have, like, a vanilla cream inside of them. Um, Bourbons would be chocolate. The cake would be chocolate. And then we would maybe have... uh, There's a biscuit called a jammy dodger, which is jam inside. And then we maybe have that and have like a cake that has jam in it. Um, I'm very set on this because I think it's wonderful and it's very British and, just, and kind of quirky. And I think that the overall theme of our wedding is relatively quirky. So I think that this works for me. Like previously we were thinking about maybe doing like a donut tower or like a cupcake tower, you know, like not a regular mm-hmm. cake mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. But this this ticks those boxes for me. Like I think... I don't know. I don't really want to do a lot of like quintessential quaint British things in our wedding, but I want to have a couple of things personally because it will be novel to many of our attendees. And I think that this will be like a novel fun thing for something that neither of us are like super hung up about anyway, right? Like both me and Adina are not like, oh, we must have the most perfect cake that represents our individual personalities based upon... You know, like, we're, we're not... It's not like cake boss type situations, right? Like, we're not we're not going into it with that. And, like, we don't... Right. And I had, like, a bakery that she really, really wanted to have something from, and we can still get something else from that bakery, right? But, like, as our wedding cake, wedding cake, hopefully we're going to go with this one. There aren't many things, honestly, in the in the planning process where I've been like, I, de- I really, really, really want this, and this is one of them. Like, this is one of the only things where I've been, like, super set on trying to convince Adina that this is something that I really want, you know? And she yeah. has been very kind, and we're, we're getting quotes uh, from, from the cake lady now. Nice. Now, yeah, when we uh, when we did wedding cakes, I think the the way the venue worked is that we had to use a particular cake baker maker person, mm-hmm. and if memory serves, we basically just went there and they you know had had effectively made a bunch of like little teeny tiny cupcakes of the cake that they would make as a big wedding cake. You know what I mean? So here's like the vanilla cake, here's the chocolate cake, here's the fancy pants lemon cake or whatever, and we basically did like a bazillion different cupcakes all lined up and just picked whatever we thought tasted best. Yeah, this is, we were looking at, when we were looking at doing it ourselves, there was a lot of that, right? But one of the benefits Mm -hmm. that we've had with getting somebody who's effectively project managing this for us is we can be a lot more picky and choosy. So like we're able to go to a venue that will allow us to do a lot more of our own stuff um, because they typically take more work to do. So typically mm-hmm. people tend not to do them, right? You tend to go with like a package, right? Like you can do it in this right, venue right. and you're going to choose from all of the supplies that this venue uses. And like, you know, we have with ours, we're, we're, our reception is going to be in a restaurant. So we're lim- limited on food, but we've been able to work with them to hopefully get some varying food options. Because again, we have somebody who's in the middle who's who this is their business and they are treating all of these things as like business negotiations as a 
which is different to how me and Adina would treat it. It would be more emotional, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But like our planners are able to go in as like a business negotiation and, and help us get what we want. And it's been great so far. They've been amazing. So that was why we went to their show and we saw them because I haven't seen them um, since we originally interviewed them. So yeah, it's been great. We're working on stationary designs now and Adina arranged a florist. This is something that I completely excused myself from. Because I have, <laughs> I have no useful opinions about flowers. I, it's just not a thing that that I really feel like I could bring any insight to. So, like yeah. I've seen, I saw the general directions and was like, "Yeah, these look good," but this is just not really a thing that I felt like I would be able to add any benefit towards. Especially when the majority of the flower-related things are for Adina anyway, like her bouquet and stuff. And honestly, mm. I, I would like to try and not see a lot of that stuff now because I think it can add to the overall, like, niceness on the day, like, for me. You know, like, it, it would be part of, like, the dress situation, right? Like, when I yeah, see yeah, her for yeah. the first time and she's holding the bouquet, and, like, I think it might be nice to see, to have some of those stuff, as as much of that as a surprise as possible. Like, there was, like, a, um, there was, like, a wedding dress area uh, in this show, and I and like Adina went in, and I just waited outside because like I don't even want to see what route she's looking at for the dress. Like yeah, I, I want, yeah, yeah. I want, I want all of the surprise. And um, I've been to some weddings where they do something called a first look. Have you ever heard of this? Yeah, I have, and I personally don't care for it. I can understand why someone would, and so if you guys do it, I can understand why. But I don't know. I, I'm I'm too traditional for that. So this is where like the individual is getting married and the photographer will kind of like go away together and they will see each other for the first time away from the proceedings. And I, th- I assume a lot of people do this so they don't have the like complete breakdown, right? Which is very oh, normal, yeah. right? Okay, I think people fair. do this mm-hmm. so like the emotions can kind of be kept in check and plus they get to have that experience together rather than in front of everyone. Right, so they can just sure. be themselves, and I totally understand this, but I want to do the 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 full on like gut punch where I have to be picked yep. up from the floor. Like I want yep. that feeling. Like that's I something that I completely agree. Want. Like I want to turn around and see her coming through the door, pass out. Uh, that <laughs> yeah, you know, that's kind of what I want. Like that, that's what I want. To, I want to have that feeling. Like that for for whatever reason, probably movies and TV. Like that's a feeling that I want to have, right? Um, so yeah, it's I'm I'm going for the full the full shebang. So I want to have as little idea for that stuff as possible, you know? Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, obviously, I've only been married once. Uh, we did not do a first look. I don't think that was really even a thing when we got married. Hashtag old people. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I I agree with you that I think part of the draw, not only for you, but especially for those attending, part of the draw is to watch the two of you see each other for the first time. And I mean, it's not their wedding, right? Like, yeah, I don't remember if we talked about this on the show or not. But one of the things I said to you was, you know, this is your well, really, it's Adina's wedding and yours as well. And so I might have said that to you at the underscores. But anyway, the point is, you shouldn't be making decisions for your guests. uh, You know, like you shouldn't sacrifice your own wedding, I should say in favor of the guests. But for something like this, where everyone can win, I think you're doing the right thing personally. And if, you know, others who have listened or are listening to the show or will listen to the show, if they did a first look and that worked for them, that's awesome. That's fine. It's just for me, I think that's the right. What you're talking about is the right choice. 
but each to their own, right? Like different people totally. will want th- things in different ways, and this is just yep. a thing. I mean, I, th- I, th- I believe we did speak about it, and we decided against doing that. Um, and mm-hmm. and I think it was you know mostly because I want to have that thing. Because I mean, I'm sure that it is it is emotional will be emotional for her too. But Adina will have like she she'll be helping me with the suit, right? Like the, the groom's mm-hmm. suit is not. Uh, is not the Top tradition secret. thing, right? Like it's not the yeah. traditional thing. It's like the wedding dress is the is the traditional thing, and, and we're keeping to that. That's one of the little kind of standard traditions that that we're kind of that I think that we're going to keep to, and we're, we're enjoying that one. I think like there's a I don't know, there's a whole thing there. You know, I realized like it's November, mm-hmm. which means we're like eight weeks away from 2018. Yeah, and I'm getting married in 2018. It, I'm like, having a kid, if not before. Yeah, you'll probably be before, right? I think you. I think that that's happening this side of 2018, right? Isn't that the ex- expectation? Well, due date is the first week in January, but given that Declan was fairly early, I think yeah, it's it's quite likely that this is going to be a 2017 baby. Yeah, I, I think first week in January makes it like it's probably most likely. <laughs> 2017 yeah. right like let's let's plan for that one wow oh my gosh casey whoa mm-hmm. <laughs> how, are you, oh, yes. how are you how are you two doing how's how most importantly how is erin uh she's well for the most part um i was uh, on a work trip earlier this week so she's very pregnant she is lightly sick with like a cold and that's just a lot. And she has a trifecta. Who, mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she has a three year old who uh, comes by his stubbornness and hard headed, hard headedness, honestly, from both sides. So uh, she had a tough week. But um, but all in all, she's doing well. Um, she she looks great, if you ask me, and is feeling as well as one can expect, given that she has a ever-growing alien inside of her. So uh, things things are things are mostly good. Uh, no terribly interesting baby update at the moment uh, other than to say we are carrying on i think we were on the cusp of this or just started this last time uh, doing the every two week appointments because as you get in the third trimester you start going to the ob every two weeks and then if memory serves once we get to like 36 weeks if she makes it that far or something like that then you start going weekly just to make sure uh, everything is you know progressing as expected uh but yeah other than that it's mostly same old stuff it it's interesting to me, you know. Again, I, I haven't, re- I have not been through this process, and I haven't had anybody in my life like where I know their daily schedule who's been through this, right? Mm-hmm. And it's always surprising to me to hear just how much of your time is taken up by having a baby, right? Like oh, all the yeah. doctor's appointments, and like I guess there's, you know, uh, there are classes and stuff that you're supposed to do too, right? Like. Mm-hmm birthing classes is called lamas is that one well so that is one so lamas i forget again this is like one of those words that i have heard but i don't know if i'm saying it correctly Uh, i'm I'm, i you're you're close i don't think that's right but now i can't remember what the right one is well okay everyone should know lma lm l-a-m-a-z-e lamas right like i know i've heard this on television lamas yeah 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 why is it Z and not Z? That always made me bonkers on top yeah, of it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think Z makes more sense, honestly. I, that is one that I'm not you know, I, I'm not completely hung up on Z. Because I think I prefer zebra to zebra. Uh, but 
Uh, Any- see, that's funny because I actually think zebra sounds fancier and you know delightfully well, but British. Then but if you if you like zebra, then you should want Z, right? Because it's the same sound. I understand what you're saying, but I don't know. It's like the 300ZX or the 350Z, like especially when it comes to cars. That always drove me bananas. Because I, I don't Z4. like the way the alphabet ends. I don't like the sound that it makes at the end. Right? It's, it's like a thunk. It's like Zed. X, Y, Z. <laughs> No, it's too it's too definitive. I don't like the end of it. Yeah. And obviously well, it is definitive. I, it's one of the most definitive, if not only definitive, <laughs> things in the universe is like the alphabet ends that's not gonna keep growing. But yeah. uh anyway, wow, what are we doing today? So we're recording at a completely know. different time and day, just like to peek behind the curtain a little bit. So this one is probably very weird. I have like significantly more energy than usual because it's three o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, I had a haircut today. I went to the dentist today and I had a coffee on my way home. Um, so I'm like, I'm in a completely different mental state than <laughs> usual. Yeah, usually you're uh, you're half asleep, which is not your fault because it's midnight when we start recording because time mm-hmm. zones stink and having a jobby job and toddler is challenging. So yeah, this is a whole this is a whole wild this is a wild ride. But uh, what were we talking about? We were talking about baby stuff. We were talking how about much time, time. How much time? Yeah. it takes. It seems like a lot. It seems like a lot of appointments. Oh, the classes, classes, yeah. Lamas classes or whatever it is. That's what it was. Yeah. So we did like three or four classes before Declan. This year we signed up for a refresher on baby CP. Uh, we are taking a tour. Yeah, we're taking a tour of the hospital again because uh, usually you can get a tour of like the labor and delivery room. Why'd you do that? Well, it's just nice to see and kind of build an expectation in your brain as to how this is going to go, especially for the first time. You know, so it's not so it it, obviously everything is foreign and different, but it's ever so slightly familiar, which is nice in a situation where everything else is foreign. Because like in my mind, it's like you don't care, right? Like when it's happening, like my assumption is when you get to that hospital, like depending on kind of the 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 current state you're either you've got a ton of time and you know it right so you're kind of just like milling around or it is like all systems go again all tv and movies i've never been at this part of the process before well and having done this only once it was actually kind of a combination for us because we knew that aaron was not far along but we knew this was it so it was kind of like Oh my yeah. god! Oh my god! I can oh my imagine god, you're in it. action stations, right? And there's nothing you can do yeah, about exactly. it, and it stays that way for twelve hours or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so we did a tour of the labor and delivery, and then uh, postpartum rooms before Declan, and then we were going to do it again this time because it just so happens that the hospital is like uh, refurbished or revamped or whatever word I'm looking for. Everything, um, and so they're going to look a little different. It was striking to me. Uh, I don't know if this is common for all hospitals, but the labor and delivery room because it. You know, if things don't go well, you might need room for bunches of doctors or and you might need Mm. room for like NICU nurses and things like that. So the labor and delivery room was like a cavern. They're really big. Mammoth. Okay. And then you go to the postpartum room. Yeah. And the postpartum room is like a closet. (laughs) What is what is that? What is a postpartum room? So when you're when you're having the child, when when Aaron or whomever is in the process of having the child, you're in labor and delivery. But then once the child is out and everyone is stable and, you know, usually the the baby has nursed, hopefully at least for a few minutes, at least once, then they need to move you out of labor and delivery and put you into the into the area where you just recover and Uh, get used to having a baby. And that's the it is like a specific name for a 
pregnancy, like a, a birthing recovery room, right? Like precisely. Okay, because mm-hmm. I've so. I'm only familiar with that phrase with the word depression at the end. Correct, right? right? And postpartum basically means after. I don't know what the literal translation is, but it's it effectively means Latin, after right? birth. Like it's after birth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. So. So yeah, it's the, basically the afterbirth room, and that's uh, a poor phrasing. It's anyway, terrible. terrible. Uh, <laughs> I, as soon as I said it, I knew it was bad, and then you just said it again. Yeah, I hope we would bad. be able to just like glide on past that horrific turn of phrase there. But, but here nope, we are. We did it anyway. We doubled down. Uh, Accidental and it into thing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, basically all, all systems are continuing to be go with the baby stuff. So why don't you tell me about something that's awesome? I think I'm going to have to. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Pingdom. You can start monitoring your websites and servers today at pingdom.com slash RelayFM. And if you enter the code analog at checkout, you'll get 30% of your first invoice as well as a 14-day free trial as well. Pingdom is focused on making the web faster and more reliable for absolutely everybody who has a website. It doesn't matter how big your site is. It doesn't matter how many things you have on it. It doesn't matter how many dependencies you have. Things go wrong. Things break. Whether you just have, you're just an individual and you have your website or you have a huge company and you have many websites, it doesn't matter. Things break on the internet all the time, and it can happen to anybody. And, and I know this, and Pingdom knows this, because every single month, they detect more than 13 million outages. And this is just of the websites that they monitor. So imagine how many problems <laughs> exist on the internet every single day. Pingdom is something that you need, because whether you, no matter what type of site that you have, you can, or even if it's like a complete infrastructure, you want to be able to monitor its availability and performance. They have 70 global test servers that will emulate visits to your site, check its availability as often as every minute, and if they see anything go wrong, they will alert you, and you can tell them how you want to be alerted. They have an app which can send you push notifications, you can choose text messages, you can choose emails, no matter what type of way you want to be told, any or all of them. Uh, in case, you know, so let's say you, you're in an area where you have poor cell coverage, but you might be able to get a text message, like, choose, turn them all on. That's what we have. Um, I love when, if something ever happens to our website, Stephen always sends me a screenshot of his lock screen, and it's just, like, full of Pingdom notifications, right? Because he has everything <laughs> turned on. So, like, he's always going to know. So, it's, like, email and text message and push notification. So, Pingdom will know as soon as anything goes wrong. They'll alert you before anybody else, so you can fix that downtime before it affects you. Check it out today, and you'll be the first to know when your site is down. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM, and you can get a 14-day free trial. Then use the code ANALOG at checkout, and you'll get a huge 30% of your first invoice. 30% is a is a big discount. Our thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and RelayFM. All right. So I was listening on? to a glorious after show um, on ATP Is a couple sarcasm? of weeks ago. No, 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 no. Also, I like the way you said that. Sarcasm. It was good. Did I? Was an, oh, no. You put, you put oh, the no. emphasis on the wrong syllable there, I think. <laughs> um, I remember that because I, I listen I to ATP. I, I enjoy the show. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's three-time, it's right. uh, three-time Upgrady Award winner. Hashtag not so humble brag. It's a lifetime, for lifetime me. achievement mm-hmm. award now. You know that, mm-hmm. right? That's how it works. I do. Mm-hmm. I've got to put a whole spreadsheet together. I'm, I'm preparing for the upgradees already. I'm very excited as always. Um, but I was listening to ATP and kind of the uh, the after show started and it was neutral and I was like, mm, okay, let me take a look. Sometimes, sometimes I don't. I'm not interested in the neutral ones. Sometimes yeah, I am. Right? Like it depends mm-hmm. how deep you're going. Right? Like. 
I listened to like the I think the one previous where you were talking about the alpha. I think I got about half of the way through, and then it started mm-hmm. to get way too like let's talk about the specifics of the engine, and I I was done at that point. But yeah, I looked yeah, at totally the, I looked at it, and it was like post show started talking about. It's like oh my god, it's half an hour, right? And I was like, what is what is going on? Then it turned out that you were talking about the video that you're making. Which I think I had missed, probably because I hadn't listened to the full previous neutral. I didn't know that you were necessarily making a video about this thing. But then mm-hmm. you posted a little teaser to Twitter too, which I saw um, and was very impressed by. I thought it, I thought it looked really great, honestly. Um, oh, thanks. Except except the name. I don't like the name either. Is it Casey on Cars? Yeah, I'm I feel not like in you love can, with it. I feel I like you can do. I, th- I don't know what it is, but I feel like you can do better than that. You have you have great punability. You know, like your punability is really <laughs> strong, but if if that's what you go with, it's not it's not bad. It's just I feel like I feel like there's more in you. You know. Anyway, it looked really good though. I could see the Top Geary type feeling to it. And I liked it, <laughs> like the black with Thank the you. lights coming on and stuff. Very nice. Is that where is that teaser? I want to put it in the show notes. Is it still on Twitter? Uh, it's, it is still on Twitter. I believe it was linked via the ATP episode in question, so you can just steal a link from there. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, there it is. Because I'm looking at that page right now. All right, perfect. So that will be in the show notes too, in case you want to see that. But I was I was struck by, and you made a joke to it, by the analoginess of this, uh, this after show. Yeah, we didn't set out for it to be that way. And I say that slightly to defend myself and so you, you don't get upset at me, but also because it really is the truth. No, like, no, it made more we, sense to do it there because it was like there was a lot of car-focused talk, right? There was like a lot mm-hmm. of things that I don't know. Like, you know, the, you, you guys were talking about like YouTube people that like do car mm-hmm, reviews mm-hmm. and I don't know them. Like I don't watch them. So like it made a lot of sure. sense to talk about it in those terms, I think. But I just mm-hmm. found it very interesting. Some There were just a couple of themes that you were touching on that I wanted to just, I wanted to just throw my hat in the ring. uh, Yeah, definitely on them a little bit. So one of them was uh, money, right? So you were talking Mm -hmm. a lot about gear and you were talking about the cost of, of Mm -hmm. the gear. Mm -hmm. And like, and I totally get that, right? Like, so I would just, I would just say, uh, I have seen the gear that Marco purchased. So like, I was I went to his house shortly after he made his laptop video. Like mm-hmm. he, it was just an incredible amount of equipment that he got. Yeah, so so just in case you're not familiar with Marco, so you know, obviously one of the hosts on ATP, but he had decided briefly, not unlike what I had done, uh, to, mm-hmm. to to get into and YouTube me. videos, mm-hmm. and yeah, and and Marco, in typical Marco fashion, decided to throw a lot of money at the problem and get really really good equipment, which was quite clearly expensive now you would know much better than me the the magnitude of the expense and it's mostly irrelevant for the purposes of this conversation i don't even know if it was it wasn't necessarily expensive stuff it was just a lot of stuff okay he just got a lot of stuff honestly and like i mean he spoke speaking about an atp like it wasn't necessary but i have Mm. been down that route too like i have equipment that i probably actually definitely don't need right from the videos that i make and made and will make um in the future like i have more equipment than i need uh so but my point here isn't that like um you're always going to buy more than you need like it's just it's just normal what i kind of wanted to press on is like you were really hung up like really and and i know that you are you are a, a frugal person that probably is a good way to to describe you casey would you agree like I am you don't, selectively you don't, frugal yeah like you you make you are a considered purchaser 
Yeah, that that is definitely true. Now, there's right. some things like new phones that it's whatever money, no object, don't care, will buy. But no, most no. everything <laughs> you else. You wring your hands more than most people that I know about those purchases. Okay, yeah, you yeah. Do, that, like, with with the iPhones, right? Like you, you, sure. you, you still question it. And I think that, that most of the other people that you work with, it is a, just a, 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 it is a surety that there will be a new phone. Right, where I think that mm-hmm. sometimes you're like, shall I? Right, like I feel like that's still in your brain somewhere. This is a good quality to have, by the way, because it means that you'll probably have a good retirement. <laughs> but in any case, in but any case. in anyway, so kind of what I wanted to press on was just like I don't think that you should feel guilty about spending money on creativity. Like you are a creative person. Am I though? Like I, I know I'm not you trying are. to legitimately no, argue, but I don't you, feel of myself that way. You have creative outlets. You have two podcasts. Uh, you've had three in total, um, and you have a blog. And now you're making YouTube videos. These are all creative pursuits, right? Like you are not sculpting, right? But you are an artist of sorts. <laughs> you are an entertainer, right? Like you, you clearly have a creative bone in your body. You have it because. You feel the need to do these things because as well, right, like like many of us, like the reason that I have made YouTube videos, like other people like Stephen makes YouTube videos is because you, to a point, feel like you have, you have, to a, a point, you feel like you have mastered the creative thing that you're currently working on. So podcasting and writing, you are comfortable in your ability to do these things now. So now that creative itch in your mind is pushing you towards video. That's why I believe you're doing this in the same way that I did this as well. It's like I feel like I have gotten to the point where I'm comfortable in my abilities to be a podcaster. Like I don't think that from my my on mic stuff and my editing, I can get vastly better than where I am right now. I'm not saying I'm the best, but I think that my ability has kind of I have reached what I can do there. Now I can come up with other ideas for shows which can be better, but like the raw skill, I feel like I have gotten that to a point that I'm comfortable. And when I get there, I then start to look at what other things can I learn? What other skills can I master? That's where I believe you are right now, right? This is where your creativity has led you to the point where you are now looking at YouTube videos and thinking, Hmm, maybe I could move into this medium. Are you following that? Like, does that make any sense to you? It does. Um, I think I w- you saved yourself because I don't think I am an overwhelmingly skilled podcaster. Like, I don't think you have to think it. I think your brain is just doing it. Right. And and what I mean is, if you had said that that I think that I'm you know, I've, I'm done learning about podcasting, which is not what you said. But if you had said that, I think I would have taken issue with it. But when you mm-hmm. said, I'm comfortable, I think that is 100% true. Yeah, like comfortable with the, 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 the peak of your ability, right? Which is where I feel that I am. It's like, mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. don't think that I can make monumental leaps at this point. Um, which yeah. I, but I honestly, I can't, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna not be very humble here. Like, I think I'm good at what I do. Right, like sure. I, I don't think like I've reached my peak and I suck. Like I, I feel like I have reached close to to my ability, the peak of my ability. But I am happy with my output, which I believe that mm-hmm. you are too. 
Yeah, I mean, I think both of us have room to learn. I think both of us would like to learn more. But I think that we are, to your point, approaching kind of the ceiling of our ability yeah. to really get that much better. Yeah, like exactly if there is a scale, saying. we have already made all of the big jumps in that scale just just through practice, right? Like, do you mm-hmm. just hone mm-hmm. over time? So I, I think it's because of that you, like, look at, look at something else and you're like, I want to go down that route. So, so basically what I'm saying is you are a creative person – you like to have creative outlets. Spending a little money in those areas is okay, I think. Like it's part of your yeah. personality. It's who you are. It's it's weird for me though, because if I had spent and let's let's look at Final Cut Pro, which I didn't did end up buying, and that's three hundred dollars, which is a lot of money. You know, let if I had spent three hundred dollars on on a concert that I would really enjoy, I wouldn't bat an eye over it. And Maybe Final Cut Pro is actually a terrible example because it's not a tangible thing. So let me let me pretend I bought a gimbal instead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so I have this trinket hypothetically, and I don't have one yet, although I'm really considering getting one. I have this trinket right that takes up space in the house that costs what did the the gimbal? Cost? It was like three hundred bucks or thereabouts, right? It was several hundred. Dollars. I don't I don't remember, but yeah, it's something like that. Okay, let's just say it was. Let's say I bought a three hundred dollar gimbal for the sake of conversation. This is the DJI Osmo Mobile. Is the uh, is the is the product that. I have, and I think you're looking at, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So let's call it $300. I, I don't know if it is or not, but let's just say it is. It is about that price. It is about that price. Okay, so we have this $300 trinket, and let's say I use it once for one video. Now, I don't think that would actually be the case because it would be useful for, like, Declan videos and so on. But let's, again, just for the sake of conversation, I use it for one video, and then I just have this $300 thing collecting dust. Like, that's a $300 reminder that A, video didn't work out for me, and B, I've wasted $300 on one video that maybe earned me 15 cents on YouTube. Like, I have a shelf of that stuff, right? <laughs> you know? This is this is like a normal thing that people go through. I have an entire shelf of stuff I'm never going to use, even if I continue to make videos forever. There is just equipment that I have purchased that I do not use, right? Including my gimbal. I haven't used it in like nine months and i've made videos yeah yeah because you know what the stabilization inside of your iphone does a really good job now for some of the stuff that you want to do you would want Mm. it right because you want to do like product shots but like for a lot of the stuff that i do and have done in the past it's like well you know i don't i don't think it's that great right like i don't think it is that not great i don't think it is that useful for a lot of it like it adds Mm -hmm. complexity but anyway, but like, yeah, so my, my, I guess kind of my point is that like, whilst I know that you can kind of, you can spend that money and you're like, oh, no, I spent all this money in this thing. I think that it is important for you to be able to express yourself creatively. And sometimes if you want to do things a specific way, it will cost a little bit more money. Like if you, if you want to, if you want to replicate something, Right, and you want to because I've been here. Like you want to replicate a style that you've seen. That style is achieved with a lot of equipment, and you can get close to it. <laughs> but to get close to it, you do need some stuff. You need some, right? And that can be like, I think you covered the basics of it on ATP, right? That you need to have a half decent way of picking up audio if you're going to be presenting yourself the way that you are and and something like a little lavalier mic is perfect. If you want to 
do some sweeping product shots of headlights, right? You're probably going to need something. And like a, a, a gimbal for your iPhone is a good thing for that. And, and you know, then you're like, you're like $500 into it, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that's fine for you because you already have a creative endeavor that generates revenue for you. Sure. So why not take a small slice of that revenue and put it into some small equipment you know, you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like I do, I do. these things are, they, they are perpetuating. So I just wanted to say, basically, I wanted to tell you don't feel guilty. I just wanted to, to say, like, don't feel guilty <laughs> about spending a little, a little bit of money, especially because, and I feel this is a healthy thing for someone in your position, you have a dream here, which I've not mm-hmm. heard from you in a very long time. And it is a dream of imagine if this thing could lead me to quit my job. And we have focused on this many times throughout our history in this show. And you've Mm -hmm. never really spoken like this. And that is very interesting to me. So Casey said on ATP about like, imagine where this could go for me. And then what if I got really good at this and then it became a route to being self-employed as in podcasts and videos, like two arms of Casey-less empire. And you have <laughs> never really spoken like this before. And I found that very enlightening. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think that that would ever happen. But for whatever Why? reason. Why wouldn't it happen? I, I am. Because, ever, so yeah. many people you know, like so many of your closest <laughs> friends have done this. Yeah, but they're, they're, you guys are all willing to take risks that I'm not willing to take. Some of you live in countries where you can afford the healthcare risk, without having a jobby the, job. The, the but, risk but begins with the dream. Yeah, I guess that's true. It does. Like once you, once you have that little thing in your mind, which once it gets in there, that little, that little earworm gets in, mm. it just tickles around. I was last night because, Casey, I've just realized right now, Today, I have been mm-hmm. self-employed for three years. Today. Has it been that long? Holy yeah. cow. I know it's been three years because I. it was the year Real FM was founded, right? Yeah. So it was the yeah. Same time. Today, the 10th of November, that was when I walked out the door, I believe. I believe that was, that the, was yeah, the shoelace. Think, was that the shoelace day or was that no, the I'm done done day? That was the I'm done day, I believe. And I'm going to check the analog archives on this one is that honestly mm. that my the way i know these dates like for sure the way i check them is checking the archive of our show <laughs> right because it was all happening yeah. around the same yeah, yeah, time yeah. so what were we like we guess guess would be 20 yeah okay so we recorded on the 16th of november and we were talking about my first week as a professional podcaster that's what that was the episode that was episode number wow. uh 16 no so wait not 16 ago. 14 episode number 14 on november 16th 2014 so i mean i was i was laying in bed last night and i was just i was just thinking i was thinking back right to the day that i quit and more the night before the shoelace time right shoelace yep, yep. story again you've never heard the shoelace story uh, i'll put a link in the show notes to that episode it was number nine i think it was uh, when I, I broke my shoelaces and quit my job, I'm looking at the shoelaces right now because they are tied around my microphone stand. Did you know that? 
I didn't know they were tied. I knew you had them, but I didn't know where they ended up. Yeah, it's tied around my microphone stand, so I can see it every single time. It's a reminder. But I remembered to myself this story, right, of me like just all of a sudden deciding I'm quitting tomorrow. And it feels like a different person now. Like, And it feels to me right now like what a crazy thing to do. Like yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But at that time, it was the perfect decision and it was right and everybody knew it but now because i'm kind of i'm i'm you know i'm out on my own in in the big wide world right where like things can happen to me the idea of like losing all of that security is 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 peculiar because i'm in a different place right now right like mm-hmm. the the thought of me quitting my job doesn't make sense now because i have my business i don't have anything else right like i have my business Right, which is doing great, but like I don't also have a lucrative side business like I did at the time, right? Where I had a sure, job, sure, sure. job was fine, but and I, and I had a growing side business, right? So what the roundabout thing that I'm trying to get to is, I believe genuinely there will be a time for you where you're like, ah, I can do this because things will line up, <laughs> and this is the start of that, KC, like. Finding something that you want to do and and you can do it and then you go out and do it and having the dream, like if this is a route that you ever go down in your life, you are now at the beginning of that. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's probably easier for you to see that looking not literally in retrospect because it's my career, not yours, but, you know, kind of sort of looking in retrospect, it's probably easier for you to see. But yeah, the thought I had was, you know, I don't know if, if, if I can get this video together at all. I mean, I think I can, you it's can. probably not going to be exactly what I want, but I can get something together. Nobody's first video is exactly what they want it to be, Casey. <laughs> uh, and if I do, I don't know that it'll be good. It may not be. Um, but as I said on ATP, like I, I think my measure of success for this video, and I don't know how I'll be able to know other than to talk to my friends, but if I if I release this video, which I do plan to and I hope to, if I release this video and someone somewhere says to me, This is no Doug DeMuro, which is a popular, you know, guy guy on YouTube who does these sorts of things. This is no Doug DeMuro or Casey Neistat, so to speak. You know, you're not you're not as good as them. This isn't exactly the same caliber. In fact, it's pretty far away, but, but I see where you're going with this and I think it might have legs like that to me is success. If somebody says, you know, Hey, that audio was garbage. The, the few of these scenes were bad. You know, it, it didn't really have a whole lot of point, but I see where you're going with this. Like that to me is success. I don't care if it's not flawless. I know it's not going to be flawless. I just, I know enough to know that. When the car was here, because I basically I had this car for a week, I, bar- I was given a press car for a week, and that's the only time I had with it. And I just had to film whatever I could for a week while having a job, while having a toddler, while having a pregnant wife. And so I just did the best I could with getting footage. And that means like there, there's a lot of audio that I've recorded that is going to sound like garbage. Like I know it, and I am trying to embrace that. But I know if like this video gets any legs... YouTube comments are just going to be endless about how awful the audio is. And they'll you be right because the audio will this. be bad. You need to stop. Well, my point, you're right. You're right. But my point is just that like there are there are unequivocal like technical things that will be wrong with this video. Let's leave aside the creative bits. There are things that will be technically wrong with this video that are that are inarguable. But but if if the if the content of the video is intriguing enough 
And if the if the feel of it is in the right direction, then I'll be extremely happy. And so then to, if you pull on this thread for a while, what happens if I start getting more access to cars, either because of listeners or because of friends or family, or maybe because I start getting press cars? And what happens if I start being able to get a car a month or something like that, be it again by listeners, friends, family, press, whatever. And then what if I start actually making money off of these videos because I'm monetizing them on YouTube? And what if suddenly I've diversified my income? And it's already somewhat diverse because I have ATP and analog, but what if I've diversified it beyond, and this is what you were alluding to earlier, Mike, what if I've diversified it beyond just podcasting and into video as well? And I think part of the reason I've been so reticent to leave my jobby job, part well, part of it is because I like my job, but um, a lot of it is because I don't have that diversification. So if Marco or John or you just woke up tomorrow and said, you know what? I'm done. Or if the bottom fell out of the advertising industry. Oh, exactly right. Exactly right. You know, then then I if, if I didn't have my regular day-to-day job, I would be kind of screwed. Yep. And I understand so, that. And, and so the obvious answer is, okay, well, then just write an iPhone app or whatever, iOS app. And I'm capable of that. But the problem is, I st- for years now, I've been trying to think of what is my overcast? What is my, well, fast text? What is my Instapaper? What is my pocket cast? You know, whatever. And or what is my reader? What is my tweet bot? And I haven't come up with one that I think is a, is a achievable goal. I have a lot of things that I think I could do, you know, in, with infinite time, but nothing that I can manage while having a regular job. And so since I can't diversify that way, I haven't really had any other ways I could think of to diversify until now. And I think that's where that glimmer of hope that you'd recognized came from is that, wait a second, what if I can get, you know, half of my podcasting revenue again in videos? Yeah. Let's say I make a hundred dollars a week in podcasting revenue. What if I get 50 in videos? Maybe I'm getting somewhere then. Maybe this maybe this does have legs, and maybe this idea of being independent might work. And I think that's why there's there you you caught that glimmer in my eyes because for the first time I feel like if this really took off, if this really goes okay, then maybe maybe I have hope here, and I'm I'm positioned for it to go okay. You know, podcast and coffee in the chat room says you know not all of us, and, and I think they mean it in a good way. Not all of us get to start out their creative endeavors with two podcasts worth of audience to advertise to. You've already got a leg up on everyone else making their first video. That is absolutely true. That's a that bad part. A hundred percent. It's not well, completely that, good. Well, so why do you say that? I agree, but why do you say that? Because people watch. So most <laughs> people's first YouTube videos, nobody sees them. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see your point. Right. So you're allowed to kind of like fail quietly. You can fail. You can fail in obscurity. You Yeah, better word for it. Mm-hmm. You can't, right? Because right. you've spoken about it too much now, right? Like, you know, you can't. People are going to want to see it. And so mm-hmm. there is there is a downside. The upside is if it's if it's half decent, you have a great start, right? Like, and I've, I had this, and I have had this with my YouTube channel. I never would have got to the subscriber level that I had um and and the views levels that i have because honestly like my videos they're not they're not that they're not good they're not good enough for that right they're they're they're, i think they're fine i'm happy with them but they're not any different to a million other people making vlogs but i have people that already kind of care 
about me in a, in a great way, like in a way that I'm very lucky. So, so therefore, there is an inbuilt interest um, to to watch the stuff that you know that that I'm making. So you have that, which is a great thing, but it also does come with an added pressure. Oh, it absolutely does. It absolutely does. So we'll see where this goes. I mean, I think we can kind of wrap up this this topic, but it 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 ended up being a segment of ATP that I didn't plan and when the show was over I thought oh that was that was a good conversation but I didn't think that much of it but we've actually gotten uh, a a lot of people reaching out and we've had a lot of people reaching out to say that was really great thanks thanks for talking about that yeah it was that. a great and, segment well and I appreciate it and to everyone who had written in I I really really appreciate it because I think like this show I think you and I are at our best when, you know, show notes be darned. We just kind of come, we, we were able to dig through the outer veneer of how we think about things and get to the inner core of how we feel about things. And that's all we, always what we intend, you and I. But, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And this conversation was like a very good episode of Analog where I wasn't, and and we weren't, thinking about it too hard we were just kind of feeling it you know if that makes sense and i I don't mean that in the slang way of oh yeah i'm feeling it man but i mean like we were just talking about how we felt about stuff without too much consideration for whether or not i was being selfish or silly or stupid or whatever and so i thought it was a good i thought it was a good segment and uh, whether or not you care about cars and whether or not you care about you know me hemming and hawing over buying a $300 gimbal, you might get something out of it in terms of what it's like to, um, what it's like to try to start a side hustle and yeah. in a side creative endeavor. I'm excited about this. Uh, and I'm excited to see what you do. And I promise you my honest feedback. I appreciate it. I'm scared, but I appreciate it because I'll uh, need it. If and you want it, I'll I do. give you it. I don't, but I do. So, uh, but it's it's been it's been really fun, and and whether or not, and this is oh, and this is what I was going like half an hour ago. I was starting to go down this path, and we got sidetracked. It's funny because I'll spend three hundred dollars on a concert and not blink an eye. But if I want to spend three hundred dollars on a trinket, I like weigh it, you know, and I'll, I'll is it really worth it? Should I do this? And and maybe, and I think what this is kind of what you were trying to say earlier, Mike. Maybe what I need to do is, even though this is a trinket, this this hypothetical gimbal I may or may not ever buy. It, it happens to be a trinket, but that's not its real purpose. Its real purpose is to enable me to have an experience. And it's almost like a concert ticket, right? Because the ticket is its own thing, right? It does have a purpose. But the, the real thing that the concert ticket gets me is that it gets me into the experience. Well, this, this gimbal, yeah, it's a thing. It does stuff. But really what it gets me is the ability to flex my creative muscles, whether or not they're very big or strong or whatever. It gives me that experience, and maybe that's really how I need to th- to look at this. Is because yeah, you do. As frugal as I am with trinkets, outside of like Apple stuff, uh, as frugal as I am with trinkets, I think I am much less frugal when it comes to experiences. Because it's very rare that I'll go to a concert or a movie or something like that and think to myself, "Holy crap, that was a waste of money." I may not may not like the particular creative thing of uh, or the, the particular thing I've just gone and done. Like maybe I'll jump out of a plane one day and hate it, but I probably won't regret it. Well, that's actually I might regret that, but you know what I mean, right? You know, like you, you don't say, "Wow, I wish I'd never ever done that." You say, "Wow, I'm glad I've tried it. I'll just never ever do it again." And and maybe that's how I start need to start thinking about with to a degree gimbals and lavalier mics and whatever the case may be. 
Today's show is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace. Enter the offer code FEELS at checkout and you'll get 10% off your first purchase. Make your next move with Squarespace. They'll let you easily create a website for your next idea. They'll give you a unique domain name, give you award-winning templates to make you look beautiful, 24-7 customer support in case you need any help. It doesn't matter what you want to pull online. Squarespace have all of the tools and all of the everything that you're going to need. They are an all-in-one platform. No matter what type of website you want to build, whether it's a blog, a portfolio, maybe you want an online store, a site for your business, a site for your band, a site for your restaurant, Squarespace have everything that you need. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. Don't worry about any of that stuff with Squarespace. They have, And if you want to dig in and tinker with the code, you can do that. It's possible to do. But if, like me, you don't really have any idea what you'd be doing in that situation, you can just take advantage of all of their fantastic and wonderful tools. Super easy to use. I love Squarespace. You can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com. When you decide to sign up, use the offer code FEELS at checkout and you'll get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for this show. Their plans start at just $12 a month, but you will get 10% off with the offer code FEELS, F-E-E-L-S. I'd like to thank Squarespace for their continued support of this show. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. So I've had my iPhone for about a week, right? Same as you. Um, Mm -hmm. But we don't want to talk about the iPhone. I want to talk about something that happened to me at the Apple Store. So I went to the Regent Street Apple Store, um, which is an Apple Store that I've made a video about, uh, which is kind of funny. Um, it's an absolutely wonderful, beautiful building. Uh, mm-hmm. It is the flagship store um, in London, and I think right now it is one of the, the flagship stores of the world because it it was redone uh earlier this year i think it was, it was the a refurbishment was completed and it features all of the design elements that an and a new apple store has all the way, like even like the uh, design elements that um the what do you, what is it the 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 actual amphitheater the steve jobs theater right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like it has all of that kind of stuff too like the handrails chiseled into limestone and all of that sort of stuff right like it is uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. absolutely beautiful building so i went there to pick to pick up an iphone i was able to get one on the day and i i ordered it to pick up there it's like one of my closest apple stores because it's all you know they were kind of the same amount of time away so I went there and I went and got my iPhone and I was kind of milling around in the store. Store was mega busy, right? Hugely busy, as you can imagine. On that day, hundreds and hundreds mm-hmm. of people in the in the buildings. So it's really big too, and it was just full of people, kind of waiting around for a little bit. I picked up my phone, whatever. I turn around and I was standing by the little trees, right? So I was in the Genius Grove, and <laughs> I call Apple stores. There are these lines of tables, right? And there being the lines of tables, people standing around the tables, it kind of has just naturally like a corridor, an empty corridor, which is usually kind of maintained for people walking through. People aren't standing in the middle there because it's one, not where they want to be, and two, because they'll be getting in people's way, right? Mm -hmm. So I turn around, and there's like a corridor that's maybe like 15 feet, 20 feet. At the end of that 20 feet, is a beautifully illuminated Johnny Ive standing? Really, just mm-hmm. standing. 
Sir Johnny Ive. I can't describe to you how I felt in that moment, but I had (laughs) shivers just up and down my spine because I turned around and he was just there, right? Like nobody had to point him out to me. He was just there. Was he mobbed? No. What? He had like three or four people standing around him. And he's kind of just like looking around the store and people were talking to him. I think a couple of these people, because I posted a picture on Twitter of this. It's terrible to post pictures of people, but I couldn't help myself. Uh, it's Johnny freaking Ive, right? Like I yeah. could, I had to do it. I had to share this moment with the world um, because it was amazing. So like, you know, a couple of people uh, were trying to work out who these other people were. Some people knew. This, this even got picked up by Mac Rumors. It the, did? I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't know Like, why. your picture? Yeah, yeah. They they made a whole story about it. Huh. I did it's not just, know that. It's just that kind of thing, right? Like, you know, you do it because it's that day. It's iPhone release day. Uh, right. They made, like, a whole big thing. about Not a big thing, but they wrote an article, right, that he'd visited the store or something. Um, All right. Can you put that in the show notes for us? Yeah, I'll find it. I'll find it. It's, it's not super easy to find now, but... Oh, wasn't Mac rumors? Apple Insider, similar kind of deal, right? But yeah, Apple Insider made, had like a big article about it um, because he was there. I don't know. Like, it's just interesting, right? Like, it's just interesting because he was in the store in London. So uh, I kind of just didn't know what to do. Now, I kind of ran through in my head a bunch of things. <laughs> that I would say, right? So, like, what am I doing in this scenario? Okay, so he's there. Nobody's really paying much attention to him. Eventually, they did, but it was mostly Apple Store employees. Like, because eventually uh-huh. he goes to a table and he's demoing Face ID with a with a retail store employee. They're just going through Face ID together. I think mm. it was a photo opportunity because there was cameras there. Um, I believe that like they were doing this and he was doing this and they were taking pictures of it. Like I think that was the idea for this. Right, right, right. For whatever reason, I, I assume this is like just for Apple's internal things, right? Like they just keep these pictures and they have them in case they ever need them in the future, right? Because it didn't really make any sense why Johnny is being shown what face ID is, or he's showing this retail store employee who's already been through training, but they were just going through face ID together. And it was really interesting because like, I'm jumping ahead in the story a little bit, but um, they were like, Johnny was just like intently talking to this person, like Mm -hmm. looking into the, eyes of them and like really like really paying attention to whatever this guy was saying like it was really interesting to see that like he seemed like he he was like incredibly focused on that one moment which i guess isn't surprising like for for kind of the way that we expect him to be but like he seemed very much like you would expect him to be, right? Like he was like he was talking to the guy and he had like laser focus on the guy. He was seemed like really nice. He was like like the guy would say something and he'd be like, Yeah, yeah. Like he was like really like wanted to know what this kid had to say. Right? Like it was it was very interesting. Mm-hmm. But so but I, before that, like I see him and I'm like, I know he's there, and like I end up like I'm I'm with a friend and 
we end up just going that way anyway and we're kind of just walking and then I'm just kind of hanging around a little bit like I'm just there right I'm not bothering him I'm not like hanging on him but like I just kind of wanted to be in his presence for a little bit right like this is something that has never happened to me and probably never ever will again right like I do not ever expect to be a foot away from Johnny Ive again ever in my life like okay. it's just not a thing that I ever expect to happen if I ever go to a press event that it doesn't mean that I get this Right, because there are people that go to press events that don't get because he doesn't go all the time and he's whatever. He's like he's he's one of the most important people in the company. He doesn't just mill around, is my assumption. I don't know. Maybe he does. I've never been at these things. But like I'm just making this assumption of like this is the one time you will have this opportunity. So just be in the presence of this individual who is a hero of mine, right? So like just be in their presence for a little bit. So mm-hmm. the guy, like guy I'm with, he's like, "Why didn't you just say something to him? Like, just go and say something to him, introduce yourself to him, and just say something." So, I'm like, I'm thinking through, like, what do I say? Right? These are my ideas. Love your work. Big fan. Thanks for what you do. They are the only things I can think of. None of them seem worth it to me. Right? In that scenario with Johnny Ive, none of that feels enough. For me, like for for how I think about him, none of that is enough. Because like, what does that end with? Like, thanks, and then that's it, right? Like, there isn't enough there for me for the way that I feel about him, and I also just kind of don't want to bother him with that. Is my thinking right? Like, I just don't want to bother the guy by saying like, "Oh, I love your work." Right, like, look at this building we're in, and every single one of these products is yours. Love your work is not enough, right? Like, I don't have and did not have what I would consider to be a profound enough thing to say in that moment, right? And I, uh, I just yeah, felt I like anything I would say, I would not be happy with afterwards, like. I ran through in my mind this this interaction, right? Like, I ran through the possible scenarios. And I honestly couldn't feel like anything that I would do here I would be happy with later. Like, there's always a thing that I would be like, I wish I would have said this. Or, oh, he didn't, you know, he was busy, so therefore wasn't interested in having any type of conversation. So just says thanks, and then like awkwardly moves away from me, right? Like, and then I'm going to feel that awkwardness. Because all I really want him to go is like, yes, why don't we go have a beer, right? That's all I want. <laughs> but that's never going to happen, right? So I just feel like I don't have enough to give. So in my mind, it's like, okay, seeing him is enough for me so why don't i just take that and just be happy with it and that was the route that i took seeing him like experiencing like seeing him talking to somebody else just having the visual in my mind of seeing him like in front of me like that surprise that was enough for me i didn't need more than that like i'm not gonna ask johnny ive for a selfie I would ask Tim Cook or Craig Federighi for a selfie because they seem like selfie people. I know, like, I spoke about this on Connected. Connected listeners have sent me pictures of them having selfies with Johnny Ive. I'm sure, like, if I would have asked him, he would have done it. But it just doesn't feel right to me. Like, 
it just doesn't feel like him, like his personality is like, I will take selfies. He would do it because he would be yeah. nice, right? But I don't want to Im- impose on the guy whilst he is clearly working, right? Like there is a lot going on. And also I, I, I didn't want to be the person that drew attention to the fact that he was there because honestly, like all of the time that I could have done this, nobody knew he was there, man. Like he was like incognito based upon the amount of activity in the store. Once people started to gather around him and photographers gathered around him, more people started to realize. But again, still, it wasn't that many, right? Like, it wasn't how you would imagine. Because iPhone day, it's like it is mixed now, right, of people that care and don't care. Like, in my mind, it's like, okay, imagine he walks into, like, a bar in WWDC. The guy's mobbed for as much as you <laughs> as much as nerds can mob anybody, sure. right? Because it's mostly probably people doing exactly what I did, which is they're too scared. Um, so I kind of weighed everything up in my mind. And what I got to do is to have that experience and not have anything embarrassing happen. Because I am too British and awkward that if I would have done something that embarrassed myself, I would have really regretted that. I have nothing to regret. I do not regret not talking to him because... As I said, like, I don't think I would have really got anything profound out of it, right? Like, everything I would have said, all I could imagine him going was like, thank you so much. And then I, and I, it's not enough. Like, it's not that it's not enough, but it's like, it's like, there isn't really a thing that I'm going to take home with me more than I met him, right? And seeing him and meeting him for me was enough. Now, again, like, I know what I say, like, me and you say, like, when we're going to the BBC, like, oh, if you see us, please come and say hi, right? But I'm not Johnny Ive level, right? Like, this is different, right? No, no, no. Because people, I cannot honestly believe that there are people that, that listen to this show that look at me and Johnny Ive in the same way. Because the people that listen to the show, probably also a lot of them have a feeling about him. Right, and I cannot and will not fathom that people put me and Johnny Ive in the same arena. It is a different thing. Like this guy is the closest living person to Steve Jobs, right? Like that is a huge thing to me. Like he is the the closest, and Steve Jobs is my biggest all time hero. The same with many other people listening to this show, right? I can't, I can't do, I I feel like I couldn't do it. And in the same way, like, I just can't imagine people looking at me in that way. I can't, Casey. And and I'm sure there's going to be people that say it. And like, if you're going to say it, I I really appreciate it. But like, we all know this. Come on, we all know this. Like, I I love that you might love what I do. But God, I'm not Johnny Ive, right? Like, I'm not, I'm not. And so, yeah, there you go. I think I think you're overthinking this a bit. I, I oh think, yeah, I hundred oh, percent. I overthought well, it. Like I well, know no, no, that. But, but what I mean is, you're projecting your feelings of who Johnny Ive is onto Johnny Ive, mm-hmm. and if and okay, let me be clear. Like I was not in this situation. I don't know what I would have done if I was in this situation. I if he was standing just by himself or whatever, just looking around, I probably would have said hi. But if he had other people around him, which you said he did, I would be much more reticent to, to feel like I was interrupting just to say something. So I do understand that. But with that said, I am a regular person. I'm a regular person. There is nothing special about me. 
or at least that's the way I think of myself. But I have met people at WWDC that are visibly and clearly deeply nervous to be saying hello to me, which to me is bananas because I'm just me. I'm just a guy. I'm just, I mean, you could go back to early episodes of Analog and say, I'm just the other guy on ATP, right? Like, I'm just a guy. And I've shaken hands where people are like having tremors. They're shaking. They're so nervous to say hi. And that to me is completely bananas. Like, I'm just me, you guys. Well, what makes you think that Johnny thinks of himself any differently? Because he's Johnny Ive. Yeah, see, you're projecting again. No, but Do you know he, what I'm driving at? The guy just designed a building, and he's not even an architect. It's still, though, he's still just a man. He's just a guy. He and is so a what I'm knight. driving... He is knighted. What does like, that even Okay, mean? so here's the thing, real? right? Yes. Look, here's, I'm, look, kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. At that point, right, you have been recognized in this country as not a normal person anymore, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. The queen yeah, 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 yeah. has said, you... Are special, right? To That's me, there is not much more you can get than that, Casey. Like that is about as far as it goes. Right? You, you know, like, you do have me on that one. But so let me finish my thought. But I, I will concede you have me on that. So what I'm driving at is when anyone takes even a moment of their day to say hi to me, at a or or send a tweet for that matter. But this is in the context of physical appearances. You know, if if somebody takes a moment of their day to say, "Hey, I love the show," even if we're just two ships passing in the halls of Moscone, if you will, just say, "Oh, hey, Casey, I love I love your show." That makes me feel really good, and I appreciate that, and that makes me happy. And they'll be able to say, if this matters to them, "Hey, I said something to Casey List once." That's kind of cool. I and know. I know. I know. And I similarly, know. like you could have had the story of. I met Johnny Ive. In the same way I have the story, I met Craig Federighi. I said, hey, you know, I really love your work. I, well, I don't remember what I said, but I think it was like, hey, I really love your work. I actually have a podcast about this stuff, and, you know, we talk about you. From no, I didn't say that. But anyway, you get the idea. Whatever I said, it was something very, very, it was a not a platitude, but it was simple, right? I just say, hey, I really love your work. Would you mind if we take a picture? And he was totally cool about it. Does he remember this? Guaranteed he has no idea who I am. I, If he has ever even heard of the Accidental Tech Podcast or Analog, I will be stunned, but uh, but to me, it was a big deal. And I can not, not only do I have photographic evidence, but I have the memory of having met Craig Federighi, even if for only 15 seconds. And that's cool. I think you could have had the memory of meeting Johnny Ive if you wanted. I have, the me- I have I, my memory. My memory's good. Yeah, you know what I mean, though? Like, my I'm not trying to take good. away. No, no, no. I get it. And I get it. And I get that so many people are going to say this to me. But like, honestly, Casey, I just don't think I love your work is big enough. Like, well, in, that's, I can't, that was the other thing. I can't put into words what i want to say like uh, like these people they are responsible for my living right mike you you took it i was gonna say that and you've now ruined it i was ready i've I was ready. So, all kidding aside, I'm giving you a hard time. But, no, but really, this, what this I, isn't even your living, though, because you won't quit your job, right? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> right, that's my point. No, I think if I were in your shoes and I had the presence in mind, a presence of mind to put this together, which in your defense, I don't think I would have. But if I had the mind to put it together and I was in your shoes, I think I would say to him, you know, uh, sir, Johnny, Mr. Ive, I don't know. I'm not trying to be funny. I don't you know can't quit. He doesn't use the knighthood, so you can't even do that, right? Like, okay. Yeah. Well, whatever. So Johnny, Mr. Ive, whatever. Uh, I just wanted to take a moment. that's the other thing, right? That's the other thing. I didn't even know what to call him, 
Whereas Mr. this is Ive. why I think it's too much. Yeah, but Mr. Yeah, Ive, like, what if he's like, come on, kid, I'm John. You know what I mean? Like, but no, but he that might not- shows a deference. It shows a deference. So you always <sighs> fail. You, I'm t- here's what you do, Mike. I'm telling you. For the next time he's at the Regent Street store, here's what you're going to do. You're going to say, Mr. Ive, I'm sorry for interrupting. I just wanted to introduce myself. My name is Mike Hurley, and I really love your work. And I just wanted to tell you that, you know, my career now is podcasting and talking largely about Apple stuff. And if you think about it, that's largely about products that you created. And I just wanted to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you for giving me an opportunity to make a career out of talking about the stuff that you've done. All right. So here's the thing about that. Here's the thing about that. That's fantastic. I couldn't trust myself to say it in that moment. No, you wouldn't. And you wouldn't be able to if you're anything like me. I'm too flustered. And I would be too. Because this was the other thing where I was worried that I would go up to him with something in mind to say and be like, hi, hi, Mike, I'm Johnny. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is what I was running around in my brain. But I think you could have you could have gotten enough of the gist across that I think he would have understood it. And I mean, I know what's, what's the worst thing that happened? He, he, he has met some guy who, candidly, he will never remember ever again. But even if he did, he met some guy that was so anxious to meet him that he kind of fluffed his... He clearly had... A meeting... So now I'm putting, you know, Johnny. Meeting me, Johnny, was important enough to this fellow that he's clearly uncomfortable, but he wanted to do it. And he, he clearly had thought through this entire speech to make. That's how important I am to this kid. Uh, he, he thought through a speech to make, but he was so excited and nervous he couldn't even get through it. Like, that's flattering. That's not embarrassing if you're Johnny. It's embarrassing if you're Mike. It's not embarrassing if you're Johnny. It's right, but flattering. that's the thing. I'm worrying about my embarrassment, right? Because yeah, then, funny. like, forever I'm going to be like, oh, man. I had that. I really fluffed it, and I'm going to regret it. But I'm honestly, man, I do not regret. I, I have no regrets for, for, for not talking I know, to I'm him. Not saying, you shouldn't. You really honestly shouldn't. I'm just trying to, you know, build you up in case for no, no, some no, reason. Because I know, like, I believe a lot of people would, right? Like, that they would be like, I really wished, like, would have just said something. But, like, I really don't. In this instance, I have no regrets. I mean, I've had other situations where... I wish I would. I, you know, I could have been inexperienced in to see speak to somebody and didn't. I have that for other people, but in this specific scenario, like I am completely happy with with the route that I ended up taking with it. I don't know why, but but I am because I really just feel like if I if I would have got that one wrong, like man, I would have felt so bad about it. Like it would have it would have crushed me if I would have screwed that one up. Genuinely, yeah. like and and so like. I had some time, like I had like a good five to ten minutes to think about this, right? And and I and I weighed it all up in my mind, and I decided it was just best for me to be in his presence for a little bit, enjoy that, move on. Fair enough. Well, I'm glad you got to see him at least. I mean, I I've been in the same room as him tell as you far what, as I'm aware. I tell you what, if I ever see him again, I'll say something to him. I promise you please that, do. right? right if I do. ever Get bump over. into Johnny again, I'll, t- I'll talk to him. Because I've now had the your... one. I've had the one, right? I've had the one experience. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm good. Now I can now I can yeah. screw it up as much as I want. Yeah, that, let, let's go with that. I, you know, I, I think I've been in the same room as him several times by, by virtue of being in the keynote room during WWDC. But I don't recall a time where I could ever see him with my own eyes. Like, of course, I saw him on, like, the, the video screen from time to time. But... I don't think I ever actually saw him 
with my eyeballs, if that makes any sense, because I'm usually way toward the back and, you know, it's a, it's a mile and a half to get up to the front, if you will. So uh, I don't think I've ever seen him like in person in person. Well, you know, hopefully we'll have the the greatest follow-up of all time next episode. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Where Johnny sends me an email. What would you do? Like, just what would you do? You I'd would die. melt. You would, yeah, I'd die. You would, you would be dead. It'd be, it'd be it, but it'd be fine. It's a good way to go. All right, Casey, today's show is brought to you by Linode. I don't know why I was just addressing you with that, but I am. Linode has fast and powerful <laughs> hosting options that you can get set up in seconds. Their tools are easy to understand and let you choose your resources and Linux distro, giving you the power and flexibility that you need. And their plans start at just $5 a month for a Linux server with one gigabyte of RAM in the Linode cloud. Whether you're just getting started with your first server or deploying a complex system, Linode is the right choice for you. They have the fastest hardware and the fastest network with fantastic customer support behind everything. It has never been easier to launch a Linode cloud server. They guarantee 99.9% uptime for server availability. Once it's up, they're going to keep it that way. And they're great for tasks like hosting large databases, running a mail server, a private Git server, operating powerful applications or applications and so much more. <laughs> Linode has fantastic pricing options available. You can get a gigabyte of RAM with one of their servers for just $5 a month. You can go all the way up to 60 gigabytes of RAM for your virtual server with just $60 a month. Across the board, they offer twice the amount of RAM that you're going to be getting elsewhere for those prices. As a listener of this show, if you sign up at linode.com slash analog, that's L-I-N-O-D-E dot com slash analog, you'll not only be supporting us, you will get $20 towards any Linode plan. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, there's nothing to lose. So go to linode.com slash analog to learn more, sign up, and take advantage of that $20 credit, or just use the promo code analog2017 at checkout. Thank you so much to Linode for their support of this show and Relay FM. Oh, I need to get my other notebook because it's real. No, it's not really your feels. It's uh, Firefly, <laughs> fl- fly, 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 that you had extremely strong opinions about this episode. And I'm not sure if they're going to be positive or negative, but I have a feeling this is either going to be one of your favorites or one that you hated the most. Hmm. Um, I don't, I don't have extremely strong opinions about this episode. Um, okay, I they're... liked it. There are parts mm-hmm. of it, good and bad. Um, okay. But I, I, I thought it was a good one. I thought it was a good one. I wouldn't say that I have extreme... Why do you think my opinions would be extremely well, strong? So, well, because this was a lot about Inara. Yeah. And, uh, spoiler alert, uh, things did not go well for her about two-thirds no, of the No, I really didn't like that. Like, it made me sad. <laughs> that that level of crying is just, yeah. like, really upsetting, you know? She, yeah. she was, yes. like, sob-sobbing, like, big time, yeah, oh, like, yeah. <gasps> like when I finished the Adventure Zone type crying. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, it was not good. So, so the premise of the episode is uh, there's an ex-companion that has left the guild, I believe it's called, and she's in this like deserty outpost planet in the middle of nowhere, and she has a collection of prostitutes that that she's, I guess, kind of a madam for. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah, that's kind of what you would call it in Earth to speak. Right. Mm-hmm. And so she 
she has been trained as a companion and clearly is kind of more upscale, but the rest of them are, are you know, what you would think of as a, as a regular prostitute, right? And one of them apparently has conceived a child with the, I guess, like, sheriff or something like that? He's like, he's like, he runs the town. Like, whatever, like, I don't think they get into, like, full specifics of his actual position, but all you need to know is he runs the town, right? Like he's either like the governor or the mayor, or like you know, he's he's like the posi- he has the person of power, right? Right, right. So this girl Nandy or something like that. Yeah, oh, no, Nandy. I'm sorry. Nandy was no, no, no. The Nandy was. The oh, man. I'm sorry. The girl's name is Petalina. That's right. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so Petalina has conceived a child uh, from. Um, from this guy, Rance Burgess, who is like the sheriff. We'll call him the sheriff, but you were right. He's like a boss man. Um, and so uh, we, the Rance guy kind of comes up on his, not a motorcycle, but kind of like a motorcycle to the uh, It reminded me the of the uh, pod speeder, the speeder thing yep, from Star Wars. I agree. Mm-hmm. I completely um, agree. Also with a cross of the DeLorean from Back to the Future. Oh, so you must have liked that then. Uh, I did actually. <laughs> but it was the, it was the Mister Coffee at the back, right? Or Mister. Although Fusion, that I was like say. super junky effects, like for yeah. for that one, like it wasn't very good practical effect. Yeah. Uh, in any case, uh, they he says you know find the girl, and it sounded like you know uh, Petalina was well hidden. Three seconds later, you hear a scream. Oh, we found the girl. So he uh, apparently like kind of. I guess stabs her sort of with a probe to get a paternity test going. And it turns yeah. out this is, this is his kid. And so, well, we don't know that at that point, but we quickly find out it's, it's obvious. His kid, so right. Like where right. else would they be going? Oh, it's not the kid. I'll move on. Like, you know, you know where yeah. it's going. Yeah. So he, he goes and then he's going to come back and he's going to try to take this child away from her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, we end up coming back to the Serenity, and there's a bunch of funny lines, and they're just. And what ends up happening is uh, Nandy, who is the madam, calls Inara to say, "Hey, can you help us with this really crummy situation? Because Rance is going to try to take this baby." And then there's a little bit of debate, you know, between everyone on the ship about how, whether or not they should take the job because there may or may not be a whole lot of money involved, and it's probably going to be risky. Blah blah blah. Um, and so there's a bunch of funny discussions around that. One of my favorites is when they're trying to sell Jane on the idea and Jane is not at all interested. He's like, why should we put our lives on the line for this? This is ridiculous. And then I think Mal or Inara said they're whores and without beating an eye, I'm in. <laughs> She's such a Jane thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so they, they go to the planet, and, and interrupt me, Mike, whenever you're ready, but they go to the planet, and they arrive, and, and I think it was Kaylee notices, oh, look, they've got boy whores, which I thought was funny. It's like <laughs> and then there representation was a, or something, she says, yeah, which I kind, yeah, kind of it, thought was it, quite funny. Yeah, and then she gets in an exchange with Simon. She's talking about, uh, uh, it's not like anyone's lining up to examine me, or I think that's because Simon was going to examine Petalina. And so she says to Wash, who was standing there, Wash, tell me I'm pretty. To which she says, were I unwed, I would take you in a manly fashion. Because I'm pretty? Because you're pretty. <laughs> I, <just thought> <laughs> I enjoyed that hilarious. exchange quite a lot, actually. Because I, yeah. I don't know why, but like it was just really funny. And like I liked that everybody in that scenario was like accepting of this thing happening like just being nice to each other in like kind of yeah, a yeah, crude yeah. way but ever that's what everybody yeah. like was looking for it was and it was something about it that i thought was was kind of it was like entertaining in a fun way um i mean we don't need to go through the entire like 
play-by-play play of this like i guess a couple of the key moments right it's like all of the anara mouse stuff right which is it reached like yeah, different yeah, yeah. heights where like at one moment it's like she doesn't care about him when she say like a strictly business-like relationship which is a term that mal throws around and then mal and nandy have a Trist. overly steamy uh scene like reminded me very much of Terminator like just way too much skin and like just like really just a overly lingering sex scene like it just wasn't needed in the the, the detail I'm not prudish right but like there are times where I'm just like I don't this isn't like all you needed to do was have him kiss and then show the next morning right that that was all that was required and I think I think the reason, though, is because they were trying to establish it as more than just like the two of them knocking boots and then moving on with their lives. Like, I think we were trying, they were trying to establish that this was like a more deep emotional, like, not they loving, didn't but loving need connection. That scene for that, though, all you need later on is just Mal's reaction to when she dies. Like, it's. Yeah. Because even that, like, it, he wasn't like heartbroken because he was in love with her, right? Like, he was sad mm-hmm. because, like, they had had a moment. Right, but like you, you, you. It was an I don't know. There was enough. There was enough to it, and like you know. And then there was like a good scene with like Anara. Like she's like, "Why were you embarrassed about this? Like this is just a thing. Like, oh, I'm happy that you got to spend the night with her because, like, you know, she's very good. Like that kind of thing. And then it cuts to her just like broken in pieces. You know, she's yeah. like, and then obviously then that leads to the to the end. Like I'm just jumping ahead. We can go back through some parts, but like you know where. It was a good fake out scene. There's a couple of good fake outs in this, which is like a credit to Whedon's ability, right? Like the first one is right at the beginning, where like Nandy is like, "There's only one person who has the strength to save us here," and I'm just like rolling my eyes. He's like, "Oh, of course, like this person is unstoppable, but Mal can save the day." But it was actually Anara. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. like where mm-hmm. he was like they're playing on me in the fact that it's like at this point Mal seems to be this unstoppable force, but it wasn't who mm-hmm. she was looking for. But then the frustrating thing is like it is actually him as the unstoppable force, which I yeah. am getting a bit tired of at this point. Like that he always finds a way to win when he is always horrifically outnumbered. Like that yeah. whole end scene, like there is no like the battery running out on the laser gun is kind of funny and like okay i can see that but like why can that flying car thing not go faster than a horse yeah i had the same thought right? it doesn't make any there, sense there, i think at just the point of where we are now there is way too little stakes for mal's actions like he always finds a way to come out on top and th- there doesn't like at the point that I am in the show right now, when he is getting himself into a tricky situation, I have absolutely no doubt in my mind that he's going to get out of it. Okay, and like, and I know that it's a difficult thing to do to try and build that fear and like whatever into a character, but I think a lot of it is based upon the fact that this is very monster of the week, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're very mm-hmm. rarely left on a significant cliffhanger for him. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't get to the end of an episode, and they've left the plan. They've left the planet with him still on it, right? Like, sure. and this this has been a criticism of mine of the show, in that like everything is resolved way too quickly, and like this is a this is a part of that as well. So I mean, but the thing is though, 
what happens at the end of this episode is what is actually what the show is actually about, which is what I love, which is the character developments. So like the the peril of Mal doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, which is how these characters what this show for me is about is the crew's interactions with each other. Absolutely. And Absolutely. And so, like the 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 fights that they get in are merely vessels to forward their relationships, and that is what carries over week to week, right? So, mm-hmm. again, so like what I love about the show is the fact that the relationships continue, and so the way that the show ends is like you think that Inara is about to tell Mal that she is in love with him, right? Because it's how she's setting it up. She's still saying that, in my opinion, but is saying that she can't be with him, loves yeah. him but cannot be with him, so she must leave. And yeah. So how many episodes are we away from the end? Like three? There's two? One. No, there's one more. What? Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I'm not ready for this. Ah, there it is. There it oh, is. Oh, I'm not happy about that. I'm not ready See? for this to end. See? Huh. Oh, no. I don't mm-hmm. like this. I don't like this, KC, because I don't like where this episode's Listeners. going. Listeners, this is oh, this is no. the moment. This is the moment where we finally oh, know we've no. got them. We've got them because this is the moment. This is the oh, I'm very paradox. Of, this is the paradox of Firefly. All kidding aside, I am very uncomfortable aside. in the idea of what I would expect is about to happen. Is the season one cliffhanger of Inara actually leaving? This is you what I think. imagine. Right, mm-hmm. that, that the next episode she is gone. With the idea of being season two, Mal goes to find her. And okay, oh, okay, I can feel I can feel rested in the fact that there is more. Okay, I don't feel as bad now. I feel better now. I feel better now. Okay, okay calm down, but- everyone. It's good because I know there's the movie, right? So my, what I'm thinking is probably going to happen is Anara leaves, and then the movie they somehow find each other. This is this this will be what I will cling on to now. Okay. Well, coincidentally, uh, Nathan Fillion after this was in a show called uh, Castle, where the storyline you just described basically happened. Yeah, yeah. It it was good. The first couple of seasons were rough, but it was pretty good. And uh, anyway, that that storyline effectively happens at one point. But anyway, um, I thought this episode was really good. This is is one of my favorites. Um, I think it had a lot of really good banter and comedic comedic timing there's a few things that that kind of take you out of it in terms of like crummy special effects like you had mentioned or at one point like the gun conveniently the the super duper gun conveniently dies and it literally says check battery on it and i'm like come Mm -hmm. on you guys no uh and i actually wrote down as well speaking of what you said earlier also a horse can run down a speeder thing with two question marks at the end like really um but what is the, I think the reason I like this episode so much is because so much of the Mal and our relationship is is explored. And uh, there's a couple of scenes where um, I I forget who it was the first time, but I wrote down the quote. I thought it was just him. Oh, it was when uh, Nandi and Inara see each other for the first time the morning after uh, Nandi and Mal uh, uh, fraternized, if you will. And the the look between Inara and Nandi, like uh, those two actresses, uh, what is it, Marina Baccarin and I don't, uh, Melinda Clark, I think was Nandi. Anyway, those two actresses just did a tremendous job because there is an entire conversation in that look. Like you can tell that there is an entire conversation in that one like beat and it was phenomenal. And then it happens again later on between Mal and Inara. And mm-hmm. I just thought that Very that was done. really well handled. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
And then, you know, it's, and it was also a funny episode and, you know, you have to have your swashbuckling and all that. So I really, really liked this one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I liked think- it. I liked it too. But I mean, like I, I, I didn't have like super strong feelings about it, you know, like, Fair. but yeah, I, I thought it was a good one. Like I did, yeah. I did enjoy it. As we were watching Aaron, when, when Mal and uh, Nandy started to sleep together, Aaron was like, oh, man, Mike is going to hate Mal so hard after this. <laughs> He's going to hate Mal so much. You know, I you know, I don't blame him. Like, I'm not mad at him. Um, mm-hmm. Because he obviously loves Inara. Mm-hmm. But in his mind, she doesn't feel anything for him. Right. Like, in the other direction, like, I think it's different. I think Inara knows. But I don't think Mal knows. And he's not hes not a good, necessarily a good person towards her. Maybe if he was better, then she would actually try and show a, more affection to him, right? Like, like loving affection, as opposed to right, just kind, right. of, kind of like the, the friend love that they have. But, like, he's mean to her, and he's not very kind to her in some instances right and that maybe if he was more like that she would have opened up to him more but like i I don't think that he believes that he could ever have her i agree and then in in that instance like nandy seemed like it seemed to me like that could have been a start of a relationship between the two of them right like i I did get Mm -hmm. that but just from the way they were talking not from the overly tender love scene vastly mm. too long but like the way that they're talking to each other beforehand is it there was like a tenderness to it as opposed to just like a lust you know mm-hmm. so like you know i i i kind of wish that she wasn't upset in the way like inara wasn't upset in the way that she was i i was like hopeful that she was able to like just take it the way that she appeared to have taken it to him but like i wasn't frustrated i wasn't mad at him because i feel like i feel like in his mind he has no chance not that he's i mean but this is also through thought of his own he's not tried hard enough right like he would probably have a chance with anara if he actually tried but he doesn't yeah try so yeah, I have conflicted feelings about it, but like I don't begrudge Mal um for pining and just like not ever letting anybody into his life because he just is pining for Inara because I don't think that that is healthy in the long run, right? Yeah, I completely agree. I I don't think I think you nailed it that he doesn't think he has a chance. And so he didn't think he was really hurting her. But yeah. it turns out it's much more complex than that. Yep. As life tends to be. Mm-hmm. One more episode left. Uh, uh. What is the name of that? I know. What is the name of that episode? I lost it. It is called Objects in Space. So there's one more episode, which we will do next week. And then sitting here now, the intention is to do Serenity for the following week. But we might yeah. change our tune on that. We might save that for like Christmas or something like that. Well, no, no. Mike I want to go straight. I want to go straight in. Okay. okay. I want to do that, the whole be the thing. Intention. Okay. And the Serenity episode will be more of this than than the regular. Like it will, Oh yeah. You yeah, because yeah. it's twice as long. We'll have a lot to say and then also I want to spend some time talking about Firefly as as an, yeah, as an that, entirety. So it'll probably be the entire episode will be yep. Mike at the movies. Yep. And then just kind of like wrapping up Firefly. And then potentially 
setting up what might replace this segment because we have some ideas. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, thank you, Michael, and uh, I will talk to you soon, sir.